It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, Connor and I are giving you our all-rookie squads five weeks into the season. We're going to talk quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, some offensive linemen, defensive linemen, secondary linebackers. We're going to give you at least one name for every position, plus some flex positions for guys that we really want to give a shout out to that maybe didn't make the initial list for some guys that are really playing well, but it's going to be a fun exercise. We're going to go back and forth. We've got two different teams. I've got a separate team. Connor's got a second team. It's going to be a good time. I'm Trevor Sikkim, but with me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for the final podcast of this week, where we are giving out our quarterly all-rookie team. Connor had this idea. He was like, hey, why don't we give a shout out to some of the rookie players who are already playing really well this season? And although we can't do a full rookie team like you would see the full awards at the end of the year, we're highlighting at least one, maybe a couple players at each position. And Connor and I are going to give you our full list that way. Connor your Rangers defeated my Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Revenge uh, game. <laughs> it was it was uh, PTSD hearing Sean McDonough say the word, say the names of Banajad over and over and over again, like he did during their series. But um, it was a nice, hard fought match. I feel like uh, I feel like I feel like the Lightning at least played well, which is all I wanted to see. Incredible thread by you with the PTSD memes. With the <laughs> I, I was dying laughing because it. It is funny how the ESPN broadcast, the way McDonough says Zabanajad is very distinct. You kind of like jump in yes. your chair when he yes. says it. It's and really he, good. And Incredible. he's always the guy that they're setting up on the power play yes. to hit the absolute howitzer. No. So, right. <laughs> so, like, he's swing. loading up and it's just like, Zabanajad! And, like, <laughs> and I'm like cowering in fear about what's about to happen. But. Dude, when him and Stamkos take one-timers, you don't ever see the puck That's until terrifying. it's in the back of the net. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. That's honestly the biggest gripe that I get from people when I tell them that hockey is by far the best sport to watch live. People are always just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But if you watch a little bit of hockey, even if you watch it on TV, and you start to understand where the puck's about to go, I'm telling you guys, you would love it. This is not a hockey podcast, though. Just kind of wanted to Sometimes make sure is. that – I tipped the cap. If you're uh, filling out the bingo board, we brought up Lightning Rangers, so you guys can, uh, so you guys can cross that one off. Shout out to G Funk Jimmy for that. But uh, yeah, we're doing all rookie teams today. Um, Donna, this is your idea, and uh, and I kind of loved it, man. It was good to get to go through PFF Ultimate, comb through a lot of film on these first year guys. And I'm not gonna lie, there are a couple of rookies that made my list that I would not have 
had initially if I didn't take the time to kind of go through everything. So this was good to do. Yeah, man, that's my favorite part of it is you get to kind of catch up on some guys you've missed over the year. And shout out to Garnett on Twitter. He tweeted this, you know, kind of this uh, thought at us. Hey, you know, what about uh, your all rookie teams? And you and I have this is the part of the pod where we explain the rules. It's not a full roster and we're not drafting teams against each other. We're each going to have full slate to pick who we want. It is quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, tight end, one offensive tackle, one interior offensive lineman, then a flex offensive lineman, one D-line, one edge, one linebacker, one flex front seven player, one corner, one safety, one flex DB. So they're not going to be true rosters, but pretty close. Mm -hmm. And Trevor, I'm I'm really curious to see what we differ on here. There were plenty of position groups that there are going to be uh it could go either way honestly you can you can absolutely go either way and you could both be right with the argument so it's a really good time for this and as we've hinted before we will revisit this at the end of the season as well to see how it changes i'll let you start man we we could start right at quarterback we're gonna go down in um in the order in which connor listed it so we're gonna start with quarterback go through the offense and then flip sides to defense quarterback you really have Two choices. It's basically either Kenny Pickett or it's Bailey Zappi. I, I guess you could vote for Skylar Thompson if you wanted to, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't. Um, if you are, sorry that I'm ruining your moment. But I'm curious, when it comes to the all-rookie team, who are you giving the nod to uh, for quarterback? The least eventful position on this entire group because really of the is. lack of playing time and, and also the lack of results right now. And, man... <sighs> It would be fun to pick Bailey Zappi in this situation. Oh, I agree. It would. It really would, and I, I wouldn't blame anybody that did. I am going to oh, lean. I hope you don't. I, I'm going to lean with Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I think that he's been put in a tough situation, but as much as he threw the three interceptions in the second half against the Jets in his appearance, they weren't really his fault. I thought he gave them a little bit of a, a spark in terms of his ability when the quarterback sneaks and the throw to Fryermuth over the middle that put them in position for that first one. So uh, this it's not exciting to me. Like, it, it, sure, it's Kenny Pickett right now. Am I confident it will be Kenny Pickett or Bailey Zappi or Skylar Thompson at the end of the year? I, I want to see Desmond Ritter play, honestly. And I'm not, I'm not high on Ritter yeah. at all. I'm actually very low on Ritter in the draft, but I still want to see him play because whatever they're doing with Marcus Mariota right now uh, doesn't really inspire me. So it's Pickett right now. He's on a bad team, but he's on an offense that has some pieces, and I want to see what he can do, and, and we'll see how this one changes if it does. Now, it does sound like you are going in a different direction, which is very, very intriguing to me. I am. You, uh, I'm picking Skylar Thompson. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Bailey Zappi. And look, it's, it is, it's a situation where there, <laughs> there's not a lot to analyze, right? We're, we're giving <laughs> away the award in the early parts of the year. And it's a quarterback class in which there were no quarterbacks that were starting right away, which it feels kind of rare in this day and age of football as impatient as teams are. And as much as they like to make changes for young quarterbacks. And so, you know, both of these guys coming in, um off the bench when you know, Mitchell Trubisky didn't play well, Mac Jones got hurt. So they're in for different situations. Pickett obviously I think has been more exciting, right? He's had the bigger throws. He has a big time throw to his name where Bailey Zappi does not, even though Zappi's got the two touchdowns. Kenny Pickett is somebody who Pittsburgh needed to get to because there was just there was 
no reason to believe that Mitchell Trubisky was going to give you that spark. So you saw a little bit of the spark with Kenny Pickett. He has put the ball in harm's way, which is why I ultimately left the door open. Dude. I figured you were going to pick Pickett because it's probably the right choice, but I'm going with Zappy. Yeah, I don't really feel strongly about it. No, and it's hard to just because how little these guys have played. But in the two games that we've seen from Bailey Zappi, um, one him coming in at the very end and then one him starting this past weekend, he has the two touchdowns. He's got one interception. Um, he has uh, less turnover-worthy plays than Kenny Pickett, obviously. He's got a better adjusted completion percentage. He's got a better quarterback rating. And, you know, I, all, all kind of, I don't want to say jokes, but all of that aside, I did enjoy the fact that Bailey Zappi did come in this past weekend and didn't really look afraid. Now, no. clearly the game plan is a little bit afraid. Like they're not letting him let it loose. But this guy, training wheels quarterbacking. This guy threw so many touchdowns in college. And I think there is something to that. I think there's something to quarterbacks who just have it ingrained in their mind. When I step on the field, we complete passes. We get first downs. We keep the chains moving. We score touchdowns. That's just what we do. And that's what Bailey Zappi's identity was when it was at Houston Baptist and when it was at Western Kentucky. Throughout his entire collegiate career, that's just what he does. And he comes into the New England Patriots and does he light the world on fire? No, but he was somebody who marched down the field a little bit, gave a nice little pop pass for a touchdown against the Packers. Then he had a nice little pass over the defender to Jacoby Myers for the touchdown this past weekend. So, look, uh, certainly not blowing the doors off, but want to give the hat tip to Bailey Zappi uh, because of how well he has played in a limited amount of time, given expectations of what you would want to see from him as a quarterback. So I'll go Bailey Zappi here as my quarterback for this award. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, he's absolutely put up better numbers in terms of he's thrown a couple touchdowns, like you said. Pickett's thrown four picks. Zappi's thrown one. Pickett does have one big time throw. Zappi does not have one yet. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, this is just like a snail race right here. There's, <laughs> there's no action going on. So, uh, so to make it more fun, I'll throw a little trivia at you, Trevor, which there's no way you get this right because I know I, there's no way any, I'd be shocked if anyone gets this right. Okay. Besides one fan base. Okay. Who is the only rookie? To complete a pass this year, besides uh-huh. Kenny Pickett, Bailey Zappi, Skylar Thompson, and Malik Willis. The only other QB? No, only rookie. Oh. Vikings have... punter, Ryan Wright. I was never going to get this. <laughs> I was never, lane. ever going to get that. He's okay. got a 13-yard pass completion. Okay. Oh, man, the things you find in Ultimate. Let's get on to some actual real interesting rookie talk here. Uh That quarterback was just misery central. And this is actually maybe the most interesting one we'll have. Running back, Trevor, where did you go here? I I went with Damian Pierce. I I have to go with Damian Pierce. There's a couple of options here of, of some rookie running backs who are playing really well. But when you look at what Pierce has done, the Texans have leaned on him so much. They've made him the focal point of their uh, of their ground game. He's got 33 missed tackles for us, Connor. It's insane. The next closest rookie running back has 10. Like that part of his game is far and away better than anybody that's playing right now. And look, there's a handful of backs, like I said, that that you could bring to the table to this with rookies who are playing well, but I don't think any of them are playing better than Damian Pierce. And he's having an incredible impact for his team, just impact-wise, stats-wise, everything. Brees Hall's up there. I I like what I saw from... um, from Kenny Walker this past weekend with him finally getting to play Tyler Algier, my boy RB three going into the draft class shout out. He's been playing well in, uh, in that running back rotation for Atlanta. So there's a lot of guys I think to talk about Isaiah Pacheco is another one for Kansas city, who I think 
you could visibly tell it's just he runs with a different purpose and passion yep. when the ball in his, is in his hands, which is a lot of fun. So a lot of nice rookies showing out, but to me, none of them showing out nearly as much as Damian Pierce is. I went with Pierce as well. I think he's in a really bad situation, and you, you just can't imagine what that offense would look like without him. That's the kind of difference he's made. It was, the like you said, the 33 missed tackles. He forced 17 missed tackles last week, which was the biggest number for a player in uh, week five in the NFL. The next mm -hmm. was Nick Chubb with 10. So he's on a different planet right now. The only thing that kept us really close is Brees Hall has 213 receiving yards on top yeah. of the 275 rushing yards. That puts Brees Hall as sixth for rookies in receiving yards, counting the receivers. Wow. So Brees has really done so much damage as a pass catching back, a big play pass catching back. But what Pierce has done on the ground ultimately gave him the nod for me. And I, I'm fascinated to see how it shakes out between these two and Kenneth Walker getting in the mix down the stretch. They, yep. they have to be, I think they're on par for a three-headed race for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I, I'm not factoring in any of the wide receivers or quarterbacks at this point. I think these three guys are just going to have such a crazy workload down the rest of the year. Yeah, you look at rushing yards after contact, 359 for Damian Pierce. That's more than any other running back has, period. He yeah, has more your yards after contact than any rookie running back has the rest of the league. Brees Hall, though, sitting right up there. He's got one more explosive run than Damian Pierce does. Nine and ten, and those guys are far and away. It goes, Brees Hall has ten, which explosive runs are runs of ten or more yards. So Brees, Brees Hall has ten, Damian Pierce has nine, and then the next closest has four. So it's just, it, it is kind of a runaway for those two guys um, at the very top. And I ended up going with Pierce, but you're right. I think by the end of the year, depending on what Brees Hall's receiving numbers are, he could end up being that more all-around running back and the guy who can help out his offense a little bit more in the passing game. So both I had a feeling we'd agree on that one. This is kind of a Damian Pierce podcast. It is, it is, it is. But we like, shout out Brees Hall. We like Brees Hall too. Yeah. Uh, what about wide receiver? Who are you going with wide receiver? We, we got two. We got two. I, I think we get the first one out of the way because I'd be really surprised if you didn't have him out of your two, Chris Olave. He's mean, a, he, he has to be. Chris Olave was the yeah. write it in ink and forget it. You don't even need any fancy numbers, but if you like them, he's got 389 yards receiving. That's 100 more than anybody else. He's got 25 catches on 41 targets. He has been the target monster out of the rookie wide receiver class, which has helped him, but he's taken advantage of them. He's got two touchdowns already. He's caught 15 first downs. These are all the, the the first downs. He's tied with two other guys that we might get to in that metric. He's only dropped one pass on 27 catchable targets. Mm -hmm. He's made five contested catches. I mean, the average depth of target is 18.4 yards, which is unbelievable. Nice. So Alave has been great, and, and I knew we were both going to have. There's just no way of arguing against Alave for one of these spots. Yeah, there's a lot of really great great wide receivers to choose from that I think uh, are playing really well. And I'm interested to see who your second guy is. But the thing that really put it over the top with me with Olave is, you know, after going back and watching his tape and seeing the tape certainly backs up the numbers and how smooth and, and collected and um, just confident that he's playing already early on in his career. You mentioned the fact that he is such a deep threat for the Saints, how much work he's getting in that regard. 45.5% contested catch rate which means when there is a contested catch to be had he's come he's basically making these 50 50 balls and with his average depth of target a lot of these are deep down the field 
Like he is coming away with these deep down the field. And I was super impressed with those contested catches that I saw from Olave. Not that I didn't see them at Ohio state, that it's a big surprise, but for that to be such a prevalent part of his game, how reliable he has been catching through contact deep down the field. It, it, it had to make him far and away um, number one for me, even outside of the common stats that everybody cites, a lot of the more advanced, detailed stats, he is ahead as well. So Chris Olave, definitely number one for me as well. All right, number two for me. That for I think there's a debate between three guys for this one. And I'm curious what the three are. I, I didn't go the Jets way with running back. I went with Damian Pierce over Brees Hall. Okay. I, I went the Jets way with this with Garrett Wilson. Okay. And there's a lot to unpack here and it's really close garrett wilson is second in receiving yards behind alave mm -hmm. garrett wilson has the same amount of targets as drake london they both have 38 he's got one more catch so the numbers are very similar there they both caught two touchdowns they both caught in 15 first downs their, their numbers are so similar uh he has one less contested catch than london but also one less contested catch target He's forced eight missed tackles while London's forced five. Garrett Wilson has eight explosive plays, 15 plus yard catches while London has six. Their average depth of target is separated by a yard with London having the edge there. I just go back to Garrett Wilson essentially single-handedly beating the Browns. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the tape where he's been open so much where Flacco literally could not move a muscle to extend a play to get the ball his way. I'm curious to see with Zach Wilson getting comfortable, how those two do together down the stretch. This is as close as it gets. It can go to Drake London. It can go to one other player um, in my eyes and George Pickens, but Pickens just, he really didn't get going until Pickett came in. And this might be a different story in a couple weeks. But man, Garrett Wilson is so good even when he doesn't get the ball. And I think that that gives him the edge here. While one last point, I think that Garrett Wilson, not to take away from Drake London at all, but Garrett Wilson is in an offense with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Michael Carter, Brees mm -hmm. Hall, two very capable tight ends. And they didn't even start him week one. He had to scratch and claw to play where I was very, very impressed with his ability to command targets by his talent. And once again, not to take anything away from Drake London, but Drake London walked into an offense. It's very weak at quarterback, to be fair to him. And they were just there. The targets were just there already. So it's tricky. It's really, really tricky. But by a hair, I go with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I think that this is really a coin flip between these two guys. It's really a preference of just who's situation you've been a little bit more impressed with you're going with garrett wilson i'll go with drake london drake london was my wide receiver one going into the year so i'll give him the nod because i think to your point the coin flip of how close this is it makes sense that one of us has one and the other has the other yeah and look you know you talking about how garrett wilson has kind of really had to fight and claw for every target that he's gotten and he has done so with his ability and how reliable and explosive that he has shown to be i definitely think that's a that is a thing worth noting and that's definitely a positive to him but i also believe that drake london having the highest receiving grade in pff's database for all yeah. rookie wide receivers while also getting 31.7 percent of his team's targets having a threat rate a wide receiver usage rate of 31.7 which is really high for a rookie wide receiver to me that means a lot too to me that says yes there were these targets to be given to drake london already 
but this was also incredible pressure. They really have not given the ball to Kyle Pitts nearly as much as we thought the Falcons were going to. And instead, a lot of this work has gone through Drake London and he has delivered right off the bat, even coming off of an injury that he was, that he suffered when it, when they were in the preseason and training camp. And he was really able to just come on and boom, dominate, be what they've needed him to be. Look, Atlanta's passing offense isn't going to strike fear in the hearts of anybody. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the case. Which holds him back a little bit, to be fair, too. It, it does. And and I just I think that the way that he has been called upon in the early parts of his career already and how he has been up to that challenge gets a salute from me, gets the nod from me. So I'll give him... Uh, I'll give him this one here. So both of us have Chris Olave. You have Garrett Wilson. I've got Drake London. You know, you mentioned that George Pickens was the other one. Actually, the other one that I would have brought to the table was Jahan Dotson. Jahan yeah, Dotson injury got four probably. receiving touchdowns. And you're right. He hasn't played as much as the other guys. But no but doubt. No doubt. He, yeah, he, he has been nice as well. I got to tell you, Jahan, I thought didn't separate nearly as well as I wanted him to for his size when he was at Penn State. Um, he was really nice to contest and catch situations. And I said to myself, there's no way this continues at the NFL level. Well, not no way, but maybe at the rate in which it, it did in college, I thought it was going to be different in the NFL. Now, I mean, he's, he's, he's still getting those contested catches over guys and he's finding little ways to separate here and there. So, um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to bring him to the table because I think he's having a great year as well. What about tight end? Where'd you go with tight end? Uh, not fun, but somebody did rise above the pack. It's Daniel Bellinger on the yep, Giants for I agree. me. I think it's it's a group that hasn't had a lot of success, and Bellinger, considering his draft status, I mean, is playing really well, honestly, in almost every aspect of the game. This is somebody that has crazy size at the position. He's 6'6", 255, taken in the fourth round. The offense is not flashy is the nicest way i could say it i don't want to i don't want to criticize the giants because they win every week despite everybody (laughs) like people like me being like this isn't real and it is now so bellinger has only uh 10 catches on 11 targets for 101 yards 74 of his receiving yards after the catch he's caught a touchdown he's moved the chain six times and I, one thing I liked about him down in Mobile and on film is that he's a decent blocker. He can help you in pass pro when you need him to. So once again, not a crazy group that's just littered with stats and production and expectations, but Bellinger has done a good job for the Giants. Yeah, look, you mentioned his, his stats aren't going to blow anybody away, but neither are any other tight ends, right? And if we're giving away this award, he leads rookie tight ends in catches and receiving yards. Um, he's the best all around tight end when it comes to PFF grades right now. He has yep. no grade that's lower than a 68 in categories of receiving, rushing, pass blocking, run blocking. Nothing's below a 68. I don't think rushing is actually, but uh, that's not really a category that we're going to measure here for tight ends. They have handed him the ball, which is wild. Well, then, uh, you know, maybe he's a bum. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he's bad at running the ball. Maybe I should have factored that in a little bit more. He's played 60% of the giant snaps, which are the most amount of snaps that any tight end has had on that team. So they're giving him a large workload already there. He's got the most snaps out of any rookie tight end. So I think it's all there. It really is. For a tight end group that really has not stood out to start the season, he's got the best all around game. He's got the best stats. He's played the most snaps. What more could you want? Basically, every amount of measurement that we would have for what we would give away with this award outside of maybe, I guess, like explosive plays, which 
Let me check, actually. Is there a tight end that has more explosive plays than him in the receiver? I doubt it. Let me look. Does right. uh, Chig? Maybe Chig? Let me let me let me look. I know uh I know he was up there. I found the rookie filter in Ultimate. Oh yeah, and great. my my no, life is no Daniel Bellinger has two explosive plays, and that is that is the most of any <laughs> rookie tight end. So it's a That's clean sweep. Incredible, it's a clean sweep. The Giants having an incredible start to the season, one that nobody thought was going to be possible, and it is all because of their tight end, Daniel Bellinger. <laughs> all right, offensive line. I'll start with tackle, and for me, it's Iki Aquanu. Uh, I think Icky's performance on Sunday in the run game probably gave him the ultimate edge here. I think that, man, I, I'm biased here. Icky, I think, was my top player overall and by far my favorite tackle in that class that was really talented. And I know he had a kind of a tough week one, it felt like, out of the gate at left mm -hmm. tackle. But he's yeah. just, he's settled in. He's really settled in. He looks good and... The most important thing with Icky is be capable in pass pro and be an all pro as a run blocker. And I'm starting to see him taking the steps to both of those things right now already as a rookie. So I love what I've seen from Icky. And I think, honestly, the tackle class besides him, who, once again, he had a bad start, has not really played out the way a lot of people hoped. And that's often how this position goes for rookies. Yeah, you know, if... if if we would have been doing this award in the middle of the season, as opposed to after the first five weeks, maybe my answer is different. Maybe it is Iquanu because I think that he has played better, which is important to note that these are rookies playing at the very beginning of their NFL careers. They're supposed to struggle in the trenches right away. Yep. Um, Blocking for a quarterback, by the way, that my God, not great. Negative 8 million pocket presence awareness. Well, I, I, the guy who I'm going to pick is actually someone who is blocked for a quarterback who is playing very well this year. I'm picking Abraham Lucas, the right tackle Love for that. the Seattle Seahawks. It's my flex pick, Trevor. Damn you. Okay, all right. So I, we're getting a little preview here of Abraham Lucas. I, I'm, I'm picking him as my offensive tackle overall. Best run pass block grade averages amongst the starting offensive tackles four rookies this year he's played 276 snaps at right tackle which you got to remember this not only are the seattle seahawks playing two rookie offensive tackles charles cross is playing left and abraham lucas is playing right often in today's football the right tackle is the one that sees the better pass rushers because for a long time it yeah. was just groomed that the better offensive tackles are playing left tackle and that's not always the case but because of that you see a lot of the best rushers in the nfl teams deploy them to that other side they say why would we have you go up against the right tackle or the left tackle if that's the best offensive tackle on the team? Go up against the worst offensive tackle on the team. So you see a lot of the best pass rushers naturally go up against the guys on that right side of the line. He's only allowed one sack through those 276 snaps and a pressure percentage of just 5.8%, which is really, really impressive. I was pretty impressed with how he played up against Cam Jordan last week for New Orleans. I mean, Cam Jordan is one of the best edge players in the NFL and Cam Jordan definitely got Abraham Lucas handful of times. I'm not going to say it was a clean win across the board for Lucas, but you know, especially on that deep pass, I believe it was to DK Metcalf Lucas stoned Cam Jordan. And f even if it wasn't like, Oh yeah, Lucas dominated the day for a rookie in his first year for you to say, yeah, he went back and forth with, uh, with Cam Jordan. That's extremely impressive. That tells you where Abraham Lucas is. And I think that he started, had a really good start to the year.
I echo all of that. Uh, that's why he's my flex offensive line. I, I, I Gabe Dave, uh, Abe Lucas was a guy I was a little lower on during the draft process, and he's just proven me entirely wrong, and I'm blown away by how good he's been, how fast he has transitioned into the NFL. So flex O-line award for Abe Lucas. He is your offensive tackle. Before we get to your interior and flex back-to-back, my interior is Tyler Linderbaum. I think that this one I didn't really struggle with that much. Linderbaum, the only time he's really had a tough going is week one when he got matched up in isolation against Quinton Williams, which, duh, that's going to be really hard for you. Since then, he's been really, really good. He's a difference maker in the run Mm -hmm. game. Um, he's somebody that I think is, is pretty reliable and aware in pass protection, despite having the short arms that everybody panics about all the time. So I think the Ravens got exactly what they were hoping for in Linderbaum in an interior class that to be completely honest with you, isn't really doing a lot of damage right now. Jamari Salyers had to fill in at tackle. Uh, so he's not, you know, playing at guard right now. Dylan Parham is starting for the Raiders and, and playing pretty well. That was the only other debate for me with this. So yeah, Linderbaum is, is my interior player. Uh, look, he's, he's mine as well. Linderbaum's looked as advertised, man. Yeah, of course he's taken some of his lumps going from college to the NFL, but for you to plop him in the middle of that Ravens offensive line and for him to look as good as he is. And I feel like his play is also elevating the guys around him too. It just feels like that interior offensive line is playing so confidently and I really do think that Linderbaum is a big reason why it's just the combination of athleticism and strength leverage understanding how to go about every single block where you need to be when you need to wall guys off where you need to place your hands how to use your leverage a little bit better because that's the thing is that Tyler Linderbaum yeah he's not the biggest offensive lineman in the world but he will turn that negative into a positive so many times with understanding how to use his leverage how to make sure that he can get across the face of guys that he is reaching and he just he, he's a mastermind man he it, it's only a matter of time before him and creed humphrey are basically one and two of the best centers yeah. that we have in the nfl my flex spot is dylan parham i'm gonna go with dylan parham here and look i think it was a little bit of a rough game for him this past week but you gotta understand that was the 10th combination of offensive line that the raiders have brought it out there dylan yeah. parham has gotten snaps at left at left guard at right guard and at center already five games into this season they have asked him to play the majority of games, if not the entire games, at all three spots along the interior offensive line. He's still grading out pretty well. I still really like his versatility and what he's able to bring. So Linderbaum, more impressive to me what he's been able to do. But for what they're asking of Parham on a bad Raiders offensive line, I do still think he's standing out in a really good way. And look at the production Josh Jacobs has had as well in front of running behind him. It's true. All right, before we... Flip over to the defensive side of the football. Got to talk to you about our friends over at Symbol. As you all know by now, this season, we have been following Symbol, the stock market for sports. Symbol lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. It's a great way to speculate on team performances, long-term stock market style format. It's really fun. Here's a little mid-season update on how a few teams are performing since week one. The Vikings up over 5% after knocking off the Saints. Buccaneers down 7%, not great, after back-to-back losses. Chiefs are up 3% after beating the Buccaneers. Broncos down 4% after falling to the Raiders. Personally, your boy's up big 
on the Philadelphia Eagles because I put some cheddar on them at Symbol to start the year. You'd love to see that. You can check out the entire stock market by downloading Symbol mobile app for iOS, searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Use promo code NFLSE. You will receive a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. It's a really fun market and it's a great way to speculate on uh, teams that are rising and falling throughout the nfl season download the app create a free account enter the promo code nflse to get stock, free stock valued up to 150 dollars after signing up connor what uh what team have you have you won the most money on doing symbol is it an nfl team it would technically be the jets because the way it oh hell yeah is... baby i bought the jets last week right like i have the chiefs and the jets so when the chiefs win they like flip you a quarter they're like okay here you go like you're not a genius for picking the chiefs (laughs) but when you buy a bad team stock and And they they start to turn into a better team uh and obviously for a very long time i was just winning on the mets every day and then that completely crashed out of control so so yeah and now i got i got rangers stock so they they flipped me a quarter sorry trev um yeah so the jets i mean it's you the trick with symbol Mm-hmm. obviously like the stock market is yeah. to find a team before they turn the corner mm-hmm. that's it so like you said with the eagles like everybody thought the eagles would be good but they look great right so that's how right. you end up winning big. no it's look fun. uh it's you fun. know jets are in uh, jets are in lambo this week they be if they beat the packers getting out boom yeah, you're selling, selling it all i'm retiring to florida i'm going back to florida <laughs> buying a condo what's happening thank i you. like that that's thank the end jets. goal Go back, buy a condo in Florida. Go back to where I started. I'm done. Yeah, I just want to be left alone in Florida. Yeah, yeah let's wrong go, with that. Let's go to the place that I started my career because I'm an idiot and I just keep going further north. Uh, we I also never left. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But you're in New Jersey, so you can play Mojo. But I uh, also want to talk to you about our friends over at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy platform available today. You play in pickup contests versus people for a shot at winning 250000 in cold, hard cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house to get 20 times your entry. If you hit all your picks, bet on up to five player prop overrunners or individual player matchups across every major sporting league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and even NASCAR. Sign up now. Use the promo code STOCK, S-T-O-C-K, at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but where you play. And you guys definitely won't want to miss out on this. Slip over to the defensive side of the football for our all-rookie teams here a quarter of the way, a little more than a quarter of the way through the season. Connor, who is your defensive lineman that you want to? Now, this is different than edge. We have a special category yeah. for edge, but, you know, what is your defensive lineman category here? Jordan Davis, uh, to start things off. For Jordan Davis with me, yes, he's only played 110 snaps, but he's been a lights-out run presence. Um, to put it in perspective, there is a metric on PFF where percentage of plays graded positively and negatively, and obviously a ton of plays guys are on the field for just net out as neutral they're not involved in a overly good or bad way jordan davis his bad plays are at 8.3 percent and his good this is against the run and his good plays are 22.9 percent 
that separation is massive to be that much better on the good plays than your bad plays. He's been consistent. He controls a lot of space. I think the fact they are limiting his snaps has allowed him to play with a lot of energy. Uh, And real talk, not a very crowded group, Trevor. Not a very crowded group. There's not a lot of contestants for this one. So Jordan Davis, here you go, buddy. Yep, Jordan Davis is my winner as well. And even though there's not a lot of stiff competition from the interior defensive linemen, I don't want to take away from what a good start Jordan Davis is having. Look, we figured that he wasn't going to be starting and out there for every single snap for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a stout defensive line already, and it just wasn't Jordan Davis's nature. He didn't even do that when he was at Georgia. They rotated him yeah. in and out plenty. 79.5 overall grade, 75.9 run defense grade. He also has a 68.3 pass rushing grade, which is a lot better than I thought it was going to be five games into his rookie season. Demolished Washington's interior. Demolished. I mean, he demolished Washington's interior. He demolished uh, the Arizona Cardinals interior offensive line. This dude is just dictating the line, the interior line of scrimmage. And we figured this would be the case. This is what we saw at Georgia. But even that first game, Lions-Eagles against Frank Ragnow. Yeah, Ragnow got the better of him. Of course he did. He's one of the best centers in the NFL. But there were also times when you could tell Frank was like, whoa, okay, what? This is a different kind of dude than we normally see week in and week out around the NFL. And I think you saw that as games went on. You mentioned Washington. I mentioned Arizona. How well he has been able to just dictate whether it's a center, whether it's a guard, no matter who he's going up against, really just dictate what's going on in the middle there. So uh, Jordan Davis wanted to give this award to him, but definitely wanted to say that even due to the lack of competition, he's having a fantastic start for the way the Eagles are utilizing him already. No doubt. I mean, it's been fun to watch how he changes what the offense thinks they can and can't do. That's the best way to describe Jordan Davis. So uh, I I had a feeling we would see eye to eye on that one. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated for the next one. Edge rusher. Listen, it's a position that it notoriously doesn't take some time to get going. It takes a lot of time. I've, I've said before, a lot of edge players really don't break out till 25 or 26. And as advertised, this edge class has not really had a big impact. The leader amongst them right now in NFL sacks is Aiden Hutchinson with three. Mm-hmm. He had all three of those against the commanders in week two, Trevor. And mm-hmm. we've talked about before, they weren't the most overwhelming sack totals. So. Right, right. A little bit of a late riser here that steals this one for me. And it's funny because he doesn't have a sack, but he has been creating pressure. And I think he's been very run reliable. And that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think that once again, this this group at the moment is very uninspiring. And maybe that's harsh. What I'm trying to say is they are not being given the keys to the car for the most part. And... Thibodeau obviously was coming off the injury, but I like what I've seen. He's still got, he's obviously got speed to power that's translated. He's set a tough edge. He is setting up the rest of his D line for success. It's not an overwhelming presence or dominating, but he looks solid so far. And if you look solid in this edge class right now, that can lead to you being the best one. You could tell me if I'm crazy with this one, but my edge pick is Jermaine Johnson. 
Am I am I am I crazy? Am I crazy for that? You've watched. You've I don't watched, think you're crazy at probably all. Probably more snaps than I have. I went back and I saw that we have graded Jermaine Johnson decently well, especially in run defense. That's where he wins this. And I was going to say, I went back and I watched a handful of his key plays in those areas. And dude, we've got teams trying to block Jermaine Johnson with tight ends, and it just ain't working. I mean, he's like they didn't watch him in college. Dude, he's ragdolling some of these yeah. guys. And even when he goes up against right tackles or left tackles or whatever it is, I think it's mostly right tackles he goes up against. Man, he is holding his own. He is so strong at the point of attack. And that's something that I really liked about his game in college when he was at Florida State. It was like, all right, this guy is a stout run defender. But if you'll remember, if you guys go back to the early parts of the draft process when this podcast started – I said the big reservations that I had with Jermaine Johnson was I wasn't sure he was a pass rusher. I thought he was just kind of this stout, strong defensive end who was going to be able to set the edge and defend the run for you. But throughout the throughout uh, that final season that he played, and then even more so during the all-star circuit, especially at the senior bowl, he put on display that he really knows how to get out to the passer. Now I figured that that would still be a work in progress as we got to the NFL, but what you would want to see from Jermaine Johnson early on, I think he is – I think he has absolutely given it to you. I mean, he's got a 77.6 run defense grade. Tight ends have no chance against this guy. He's holding his own against some of the best offensive tackles that he's gone up against five games through the season. So I'm go- with a group that, like you said, is lacking flash at the top with guys who are really impressed with pass rush productivity or sacks, pressures, things like that. I'm going with Jermaine. I think Jermaine is playing the best to what you expected of him early on. So I would go Jermaine Johnson here. I really like it because that's a deep cut pick that you you truly do have to dive into the tape to understand why he comes away, you know, with that uh, honor from you. And going back to Jordan Davis's distinction between negative and positively graded run plays, Jermaine's 7.8% negative graded run plays, 21.6 positive. So he is making a, it's a big difference, a really big difference for a team that sucked against the run last year. They were horrible against the run. And I'll say this, he's got two sacks in five games. He's really got two sacks in four games. He got hurt in the beginning of week five against the Dolphins. And that was the first game that the Jets were finally playing with a comfortable lead that they started to actually attack. And everybody got theirs. Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Quinton Williams, Bryce Huff. They were all getting sacks and quarterback hits. Jermaine was hurt and missed that opportunity. So maybe that would have helped his numbers as well. So he he's he has been as advertised as this edge class tries to figure it out down the stretch. Flex play in the front seven, Trevor. Um, actually, no, no, no. Linebacker. Don't want to yeah, skip yeah. linebacker. I was going to say, I was going to say, you Man. must be going with an edge rusher or a defensive lineman if you already no. skip, to, skip to the flex spot. So uh, This is the easiest one. It's been Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's been amazing. Yep. He's been awesome. Um, I just He's been everything Jacksonville could have asked for to get faster and tougher in the middle of their defense. And he's he's been really good against the run. Um, he's got three tackles for a loss already. I love Devin Lloyd and everything he can bring to that defense in terms of speed, on-field speed. They needed in the middle of it to play behind that defensive line. So Devin Lloyd was a no-brainer here. Yeah, Devin Lloyd hasn't been perfect. Certainly, I don't want to say that he's been like a an, an incredible linebacker who's destined to be the next Fred Warner or something. But I do think that he has been the best linebacker that we have seen so far five games uh, in especially just because of the impact that he's made on the ball. He's got 20 solo stops and that leads all rookies in this class. And solo stops are um, tackles that you make by yourself that 
stop the success of an offense. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a negatively graded play for the offense, but it stops the success right there with your tackle. Two interceptions, best all-around grades, I think, across the board. Seventh most snaps among all defensive rookies. So the guy's playing a ton, and he's getting a ton of production. Has not been perfect from Devin Lloyd, but I love what I'm seeing early on. He's making an impact on that defense. He's exactly what you want to see, so I agree. Doesn't need, don't need to spend too many warm words on it. Devin Lloyd, who's your flex guy? Uh, my flex guy here is Malcolm Rodriguez on the Lions. Now, it might be surprising for people to hear that because the Lions defense has been really, really bad, but Rodriguez has been a bright spot. A late day three pick, somebody that I really, really liked before the draft. One, really not much expectations coming into camp. That staff falls in love with him. He wins a starting job. He's another one that's been making a ton of plays in a group that's just, they've struggled. I mean, there's no way around it. They've had their problems in the secondary. They've had their problems all over the field. And sure, as he had some tough moments at times, absolutely. But he's also played really well against the run for the most part, as expected. So Malcolm Rodriguez earns the flex spot, which says a lot when you think about it, that Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson was a top five pick. Like there were, Karloftis has been okay. Like there's guys that were had massive draft expectations. And yes, mm-hmm. we're only five weeks through the season. And Malcolm Rodriguez is the guy that gets the flex front seven honor. Yeah, I'm glad that you gave a nod to him because it was honestly between Rodriguez and the guy that I ended up going with. You mentioned him there. It is Trayvon. And I think that there were lofty expectations for Trayvon Walker. Some of them unfair i'll say for a lot of people who were like how could you be picking a guy who had so little production at the college level number one overall and i think a lot of people have kind of been like oh you know look at trayvon like he hasn't done a ton but you know i i follow the jags pretty closely i follow a lot of those beat reporters and um just even watching the games myself going back for this exercise looking at a lot of the all 22 tape for for uh, for trayvon walker Dude, he's awesome. I mean, yeah. he's just—he's a freak. He really is. I, just what he is able to do with his size, strength, speed, profile, it is a unique unicorn-like combination. And so you just see the that flashes of unique athleticism throughout the game. He's already a very stout run defender, which we already knew was going to be the case at Georgia. So again, versus expectations, same kind of conversation with Jermaine Johnson. You're checking all those boxes, and that's great to see. Eight solo stops leads all rookie defensive linemen. Only six. of his plays so far this year have been negatively graded. That means that he is doing his job extremely well. Has he been impressing thoroughly as a pass rusher across the board? No, that was always going to be a work in progress for him. But for a guy to be able to step out on the field, go from the college level to the NFL level, especially in the trenches, and for you to only have 6.4% of your plays be in any way negatively graded plays, and that doesn't even mean heavily negatively graded plays, could just be a negative 0.5 that we have in our system. That just shows how much you are doing your job. You are doing what is asked of you. You are not a liability to your football team. And I think for as steady as Trayvon Walker has been early on and for the flashes that we have seen already, that's why I wanted to give him the nod for the uh, for the flex position here. I know, I know, shocking. Trevor goes with the guy who went number one overall. Real deep look, Trevor. But I do. I wanted to give Trayvon a, a shout out here on the show for that. I mean, listen, it, it was a pick that was highly criticized. So it's it's good. It's good to see him. I don't know if it's living up to expectations. I think other defensive rookies have been better. But he hasn't been a bust. He hasn't been a guy that, 
you know, I, I think a lot of us had him more in the middle of the first round rather than the top. And I think that's around what he's played at. So um, Trayvon Walker, you know, it's it's there are plenty of positive signs. All right. Secondary. This is really interesting. This group, like really, really interesting. And for me, I don't think a lot of people will be surprised by this one. And I think I've done a good job of not being jet centric on this show. Uh, I've only picked go. Garrett Wilson. But. Sauce Gardner is the best defensive rookie in the NFL right now. He's, he's the best defensive rookie in the NFL. He's he ha- is everything and more than anybody could have wanted him to be. And it's the ability to make plays on the ball. He got his first interception against Miami. He's broken up, I think, five passes now. The length, the size, the ability to run down the field with fast receivers, the ability to get extremely physical at six foot three with arms down to the ground with strong wide receivers. The crazy thing is there's a lot of competition for this spot of corner. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give one away because my flex DB is a corner. So I'll give away the guy that, that has been really good. I just don't think he's been as good as Sauce. And that's Tariq Woolen on Seattle. He's been really, really good, I think. But so he's, Tariq Woolen's not your flex? He's not my flex. I have okay. another corner as my flex. Okay. But when you we're look gonna have, at... We're going to have the same ones then. Okay, I be what Sauce has been asked to do is a lot for a rookie corner for a team that needed so much help to turn in the right direction. And he's never looked out of place from the second he walked into camp mm-hmm. to the second he's walked on an NFL field. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. So I, I couldn't not give this to Sauce because I really do in my heart think he's been the best defensive rookie so far. It was close uh, between Sauce and the corner, who I think both of us are going to have as a flex DB. But Sauce Garner, ninety point four overall grade. Um, no, sorry, that was uh, that's that's the other corner. I'm I'm actually reading the other stats there. But Sauce has been unbelievable. They have put him in such tough situations that you almost never ask of a rookie corner, uh, and he has delivered. The athleticism is, is there. The confidence is there. The change of direction ability while having the size that he does. You could play him in off. You could play him in press. You could play him in man. You could play him in zone. He I, he just he he has shown a confidence in it and a versatility to be able to play a variety of different coverage for them. And he's he has delivered for them time and time again. It's very rare. I I often say this. I don't mean this is a slight to trench play at all because it is difficult to do, but I really do believe that starting as a rookie corner in the NFL is the most difficult job outside yeah. of being quarterback because there are so many things that you have to worry about. And not only is playing corner tough already, right? You are guarding receivers, not knowing where the ball is going and you're supposed to be able to cut them off there and, and make contact and getting completions and all that. The job itself is difficult. Making the jump in talent level from college to the NFL just takes that to a whole nother level. So for Sauce to be playing as well as he has, I'm giving him the nod here as well. I'm going to pick Sauce Garner as my corner pick, but it was very close with who I have as the flex player here. Flex is going to get fun, but before we get there, let's get to safety where I think there's going to be a lot of debate because plenty have been pretty good. Nobody's been really good. For me at safety, it's Jaquan Brisker. I have loved what I've seen from him with the Bears defense. You could see why the Bears put such a priority on this guy. And what I love about Jaquan Brisker is there's really nothing he can't do. He can cover. He can play in the box. He can come downhill. He can blitz. 
Um, so I know the Bears have had a lot, of, plenty of ups and downs throughout this year, especially as they try to figure out the offensive side of the ball. But I think you can see why that staff fell in love with Jaquan Brisker. Look, I like Jaquan Brisker a lot. I thought about Jalen Petrie here, but for as much as Jalen Petrie has, has, has looked good in coverage, he's got 15 missed tackles. Yeah, he's, he's struggling He's downhill. got 15 yeah. missed tackles already five games into the season, so I couldn't pick him there. I'm with Kyle, I'm with Kyle Hamilton. three misses a game. It's not good. It's not good. I'm with Kyle Hamilton. Um, yep, and no doubt. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound harsh, but it, it's not like I, Kyle Hamilton was was far and away the pick here. I do think that Kyle Hamilton has had some struggles in coverage, especially with communication. There have been times where I've watched the back end that Raven secondary and been like, mm, I feel like that was Kyle's guy. I feel like something yeah, was yeah, yeah. Uh, not communicated there the way that it needs to. And he's learning, man. I mean, I, again, like this is a rookie defensive back thing. I think they're all going to make mistakes, but I do feel like Kyle Hamilton's play has been good, has been adequate, has been what it's needed to be. You're starting on a good Ravens defense as well. So I think that that goes into it. So uh, you took Jaquan Brisker. I took Kyle Hamilton. Who is your flex defensive back here? So this guy, I've made a like inner rule with myself, Trevor, that somebody needs to play at least 100 snaps to qualify for this because it's just only fair. My flex guy is Jack Jones. Is has that to be. okay? It has to be. Has to be. Jack Jones. He's only been, he's been unbelievable. He's been unbelievable. Now he only has 98 coverage snaps. He's got 180 total, so he qualified for me because his role has really intensified the last three weeks. I would say. And what more do you want to see uh, from Jack Jones right now? I mean, he's got the two interceptions. He's been a nothing but a playmaker over and over again. 17 snaps in the slot, 143 out wide. New England had significant questions about their secondary when they lost J.C. Jackson in free agency, especially at corner. And this looks like a steal of the draft, a fourth-round pick that is making explosive plays and is very, very aggressive and looks so good in coverage, even at 5'11", maybe 180 pounds. And I remember when Jack was a recruit, a big-time recruit out in California because I was doing some recruiting stuff for Bleacher Report back then, um, and, and we we did a, a video series with him. And it's crazy how long and how different the road can be for guys at times. He's somebody that did have a long road after being that superstar recruit. Things didn't work out at USC. He turned his career around at Arizona State, uh, and he's a 24-year-old rookie, so he obviously had a long road in college. But now, early in the NFL, he's looking like the guy that's always had that kind of premium talent since high school. Allowed just a 42.6 pass rating against, 90.4 overall grade, 92 coverage grade. Even if you're barely underplaying 100 coverage snaps, for you to have an elite coverage grade as a rookie corner Insane. is nuts. And his film is fantastic, man. My favorite part about Jones is how he's not the most built corner in the world, right? So you're not going to see him play up and play press coverage because he doesn't have that length. He doesn't have that body type. So a lot of what he's doing is playing off coverage, reading the quarterback's eyes, reading what the receivers are doing. His footwork, his click and close ability is so good it is it is without a doubt pro level what he is able to do already so when you play it, it you get worried when guys who like to be off coverage corners don't have that ability to put their foot in the ground and really start moving change direction go zero to 60 if you will to make a play on the ball jones has that 
Jones has that at a really high level. So it's been incredible to watch what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks, especially playing a little bit more and playing a lot more confidently. You just see it in his footwork. You see it in his anticipation. He's getting aggressive with how he looks at uh, at quarterbacks, and you're seeing, I think, that ball production because of it. Dude, it's funny. We, like a lot of people, poked fun at the New England Patriots draft, right? Drafting Cole Strange at number 29 overall. Tyquan Thornton next at, at 50th overall in the second round. And we go what is the Patriots board? Like 12 guys deep, you know, like what, what do they only have 12 people on their board and they're just picking them whenever they come on the clock. Well, however it came to be, man, they got Jack Jones in the fourth round and they picked a hell of a football player. He has been unbelievable. I honestly, I thought about putting him above sauce Garner because of how impressed I was with Jones. I think it is very close. I'm also glad that you gave a shout out to Tariq Woolen. Want to throw out some stats there. 81.8 coverage grade for Tariq Woolen, the Seahawks corner. Three interceptions already for Woolen. And let me tell you, some interceptions. for famine. Drew, oh, hold on, though. <laughs> some interceptions are gifts, right? Sometimes the ball bounces the right way. You're in the right place, right time. Awful throw. Totally misread the way the wide receiver was going. And it just gets right in your lap. None of the three interceptions that Tyreek no. Woolen has are that case first one he's playing off coverage in corner or in quarters reads it breaks on the ball go grabs it out of midair second one he undercuts a crossing route because he's that athletic and he just puts his foot in the ground gets to another gear undercuts the pass completely third one he was in cover three bail technique where he had to completely flip his hips to get back to the sideline and immediately turns around puts his arms up snags that ball out of air he's been unbelievable I cannot really believe how well Tariq Woolen is playing. I remember watching him at the Senior Bowl, and the potential was there. And everybody was like, ooh, Tariq Woolen, Tariq Woolen. But at the same time, he was behind on things. I, I was standing next to the sideline, and I was even watching the DB coach. Can't remember, um, can't remember which, uh, which coaching staff it was. But like Woolen would lock guys up in press coverage, but then he wouldn't know when the ball is coming. So he wouldn't know like when to put his hand up or when to swipe or when to go up for that PBU, when yeah. to turn around. Lacking even. instincts. Yeah, and and the coach would come up to him and be like, you did everything right there. You had the length, you had the athleticism, you ran with him. You just got to get more reps of knowing when the ball is coming, reading the wide receiver's eyes. He has picked it up way sooner than I thought he was going to. So the athletic ability and the measurables are are also there outside of it but three really great corners and sauce garner jack jones and Tariq woolen that we had to choose from here i mean this is why in the draft and it's crazy he fell to the fifth round because even though i didn't think his film was that great for a lot of the things you said his athletic profile was so ridiculous that you're like if he falls into the right coaching situation he can absolutely be a serviceable starter with high-end playmaking ability. And it's crazy how fast it's happened with Tariq Wan. He's over six feet, four, four inches tall. He's over 200 pounds. He's got a 92nd percentile wingspan. He's got mm-hmm. 97 percentile arm length. He runs mm-hmm. a 426. 42. I, I mean, 42-inch vertical. Like, he's such a rare, rare kind of player. But like you said, Trevor, none of that really matters if the rest didn't catch up. And it's starting to catch up for him. So credit to him and credit to Seattle for really good player development with this recent draft class in Seattle. Yep. That was uh, that was fun. That was a fun exercise. Um, Who 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 suggested this to us? 
Who was it? You had it. You had it. Uh, Garnett on Twitter. Garnett. Big shout out to Garnett for this incredible format. This is a lot of fun to do. Shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We would love to hear from you guys as well. Who did we miss? Who did you agree with? Let us know who is on your all rookie team five weeks into the season. You don't have to do the full team. If you just got like one or two guys, you're like, hey, I think you guys are sleeping on this guy. We'll respectfully, we'll respectfully take it. And if you let me know, then uh, then I'll get some more eyes on him and. We'll see if we missed it, but I'm pretty confident in my list. We picked some guys that are really starting off the season very well. That's it for us this week. Next time you hear our uh, our wonderful voices will be Monday morning. We will be back to recap everything that we saw from the Sunday slate of games that we have. And boy, I know there's two really good ones right off the bat. We got Bills Chiefs this week, and we got Cowboys Eagles this week, Connor. Dude, lo- really good slate. Uh, really, really good slate. I was doing my pick before we went on to record this, and I was just scratching my head for like two hours. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> so, Chiefs-Bills is going to be unbelievable. Can you imagine the tension? That's going to feel like it's going to feel like a playoff game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's in Arrowhead, man. It's, it's absolutely going to feel like a playoff game. That, I mean... Kenny Pickett just gets fed to the freaking slaughterhouse again against the Bucks. I hope Pickett Good. rises above Good. it. I don't. <laughs> I hope he descends below it. Oh, man, dude. Oh, man. Kenny Pick- Before we get off, I do want to say this. Kenny Pickett is coming to the league with some spunk, and I can't tell if it's good or bad for him. After he completed a first down and got hit, by mm-hmm. the Jets in his first appearance. Mm-hmm. He was going off to Quinn and Williams, like talking a ton of junk. And then the hit after the slide, trying to fight the Bills. Oh, yeah. he Ronald Darby, right? Was it Darby? I think it was Darby. I couldn't tell. All I saw was um, the offensive lineman from the Bears that's now on the James Steelers. Daniels. James, James Daniels. Daniels destroyed somebody and then found himself on the wrong sideline. And right, he did the, right. like... Right. He like he like kind of went to his shell and like put his head down and like bullied through and around the net and got out. I thought he played that perfectly. I thought he did that phenomenal. Per- phenomenal blasted, move. blasted Ronald Darby for for yep. giving an extra lick to his quarterback, and then he just put his hands up and let himself get like pushed a little bit, and then just like ran to the other sideline. Good on you, James Daniel. Didn't get an unnecessary roughness penalty for it. Defended his QB and then didn't let an entire brawl break out. It's it's such a pro move. Pro move. Protect your quarterback. Don't get a penalty. Get the hell out of there. Raise hell and leave. Raise hell and leave. New motto of the pod. All right. A lot of fun today. A lot of fun with the rookie teams. It'll be really interesting to revisit what this looks like when we actually decide, like, these were our rookies at the positions for the entire season when we get to that point. No, it's, I, I love I love these checkpoint podcasts. I think they're a lot of fun. They give us uh, things to look back to, say, oh, we had these takes then, how different they might look now, or how right they look in, in a couple of months, which we hope uh, all of them do, obviously. We're going to be back on Monday to recap everything that you guys watch and we watch in the NFL on Sunday. I'm Trevor. That's Connor. Thanks so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you then.